Thank you, Johnny. Do take your seats. Thanks, Johnny, leading us in such a uh, gentle time of worship this morning. It was, uh, it, was, it was precious. It was good. Bless you. Um, thanks, guys. Right. Let's open God's Word, shall we? We are in uh, the book of Acts and chapter 9 uh, this morning. While, you are, uh, while you're turning there, uh, my name's Steve one of the leaders here, uh, for those of you that don't know me. Uh, we have a, once a month, we gather after the service to have lunch together. We just, uh, they're organized, and those that knew among us bring some food, and we just eat together. So um, feel free to stick around, whether you have food with you or not. No entry requirements, just stick around. Uh, there'll, be, there'll be plenty of food. I mean, look, there's not tons of us. So uh, do feel free to stay at the end. Uh, join us for a bite to eat uh, together. It's just something we like to do once a month together as church family. Um, next Sunday, we're going to be sadly saying goodbye to uh, Sam, Eve, Lily, and Karis and family. They, they are, uh, they've moved out to uh, Wyndham and uh, will be, uh, be leaving us, sadly, but it'd be great just to, to pray for them and to say goodbye as they go. I'm still clicking a little bit, aren't I? It's a little bit annoying. Um, okay, so yeah do, yeah, do try and make it next Sunday. It'd be great to say uh, cheerio. Uh, to them. Right. Acts chapter 9. I can still hear it. I'm going to change. Sorry. How's that? More success? Okay, we'll try with this. Um, So Acts chapter 9. Last week, um, I missed last week, was, was away. But uh, one of the, my favorite accounts in Acts 8 of Philip and the Ethiopian, you know, if you, if you know that story or you were here last week, uh, Philip just gets told by the Holy Spirit to kind of go and uh, stand on a road somewhere, meets this Ethiopian guy who uh, is just reading the scriptures and uh, wanting to know more about Jesus, wonderfully gets saved and then baptized. It's a, a wonderful uh, encounter, one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. And then this week we find ourselves in chapter 9. So let's, uh, let's kick it off. Chapter 9 and uh, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, uh, this the way is what uh, uh, Christians used to, be, used to be called long before the Mandalorian, the, the way was really Christians are, okay? Uh, if anyone belonged to the way whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So Paul here, his intentions are quite clear. Yeah, He's uh, seeking extradition letters from the Sanhedrin to go and uh, arrest Christians in Damascus. So we know, you know, his intentions here are very, very clear. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. I'll bet. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, 
Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he had seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who caused havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. I bet they were. Not believing that he was really a disciple, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Wow, what a dramatic encounter you will have if you've been uh, if you know your bible or you've been in church for a while you'll be familiar with the uh, Damascus road story this man Saul previously persecuting christians you know previously he'd been the uh, uh, the kind of ringleader when Stephen was stoned and uh, uh, suddenly this dramatic encounter on on the road to Damascus uh, and and then Ananias lays hands on him later and he gets saved baptized and is is sharing his faith such a dramatic conversion. And uh, I want to just draw a few points for it out for us this morning in our time together. You know, as I said, Paul, had, he'd been the hunter, hadn't he? You know, he's, he starts out in chapter nine with him getting these extradition letters to go and hunt out other Christians. And then by the end, he's the one being hunted. And uh, I guess the first point for us uh, this morning I wanted to draw is that we live in a battle. We live in a spiritual battle, don't we? We have an enemy at work against us. Uh, Paul writes to the Ephesians that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's a, it's a spiritual battle that, that we're in. You know, we have a very, very real enemy against us. And as we, as we step out, as we, as we take ground, we, we can expect pushback. We can expect him to, to fight back. He seeks to, to divide and to destroy. You know, even, you might have thought, well, hey, this, this guy Paul, he's the, uh, you know, really the, a bit of a ringleader here in persecuting Christians. And, and well, well, with him him now a Christian, surely that, that sort of uh, 
that attacking of Christians, well, that will just go by the wayside now. Everyone will kind of look and think, well, this guy Paul's been saved, and, and Christians will have an easy run. But no, we see that, that Paul is, is then hunted himself. And so we, we live in a battle. We live in a spiritual battle, even us, here, today, here and now. We live in a spiritual battle, not, not persecuted in the same way that, that New Testament Christians were. But nonetheless, we, we live in a battle. We have a very real enemy who seeks to, to destroy, to, to divide. Relationships can be a, uh, a key target for the enemy, can't they? Seek to, to, to divide and, and, and separate one another, separate brothers and sisters. Let's not give him an opportunity to, to get a foothold and, and to divide. Let's guard against that. But, but my point here is that if you, if you know you're in a battle, you behave differently, don't you? If you, if you know that you're in, a, you're in a spiritual battle, you behave differently. You're not surprised when, when, you know, uh, when things hit. You're not surprised. Oh, yeah, I'm in a battle. Yeah, this is, this is tough. You know, if you're, if you're not in a, in a mindset that I'm in a battle, then, then when difficult times hit and you, you hit obstacles and opposition, you'll kind of be surprised and you'll be unprepared and, and you might be knocked off over and knocked off course. But if you know that you're in a battle, then, then when hard times come, when, when, when fiery darts, to use language of the New Testament, come and hit, you're kind of, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'm in a battle. It's tough. I'm in a battle, but I'm not. I'm not surprised by that. You behave differently. You react differently. In a battle, you've got weapons, right? You've, you've got weapons. You're prepared. You've got armor. You're, you're prepared. For us, we've got, the, we've, we've got, we've got weapons. We've got the, the truth, God's word. His word to us is truth about who we are. When, when darts come, maybe darts of accusation from the enemy saying, oh, you, you're, not, you're not good enough, or, or you've done this, and, and if only people knew this about you, and only people knew the truth about you, and, 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 and these accusations can come, these attacks can come. We've got truth about who Jesus says that we are, that we're, that we're saved, that we're restored, that, that he sees us as, as, as perfect, though we're, though we're not perfect, far from it, we're being made into the, made perfect, but he sees us as, as, as holy and blameless. We've got weapons. We've got prayer as a weapon when we, when we, when we face attacks and, and things come and hit us, we've got, we've got prayer. We can take it in prayer and say, God, uh, help me in this. We've got prayer. When we're, anxieties come or fears come in the battle, we've got the weapon of prayer to press into him. I don't know about you, th- this week I've, uh, it felt like a little bit of a, a battle for, for us, just uh, as a family, just, just one thing or another going on, you know, kind of felt the squeeze, you know. We all have weeks like that, don't we, or, or seasons like that where you just feel the, the squeeze and and the pressure, and uh, as believers, if we, if we know that we're in a battle, then when the, when the squeeze comes and when the pressure comes, it should push us into him. And I'll be the first to say, uh, it's, it's not always my first reaction. Yeah, okay, I'm, it's not always. I'm not some, some sorted guy. Hey, when pressures come, when difficulties come, oh, yeah, I just go straight into, into, into the Lord, you know, check out my halo. No, 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 okay, I'm not always like that. But, but as believers, that, that's what it should do. When we feel the pressure, when we feel hard-pressed and, and the squeeze, it should push us into him, into his, into his word, into the truth about us, the truth about our hope and our future, and push us into him. It's, it's, uh, it's the answer. So much of in, in when we face difficulty, the answer is going to him, praying to him. Even when there's relational difficulty, you know, you might have just a relational difficulty with someone. The Bible says to pray for, you know, Pray for your enemy. Pray for, for them. It's wonderful. It does something in us, but it, it's a weapon too. C.S. Lewis uh, writes in his book, 
uh, surprised by joy. The hardness of God is kinder than the softness of men. And his compulsion is our liberation. So God, God is, what he's trying to say, God works in the battle. If you're in a battle right now, know that God is working in the battle. Feel like you're in a battle this, this, this week, this month, this year. God is working in the battle. His compulsion to pursue you and to bring you to him leads us into liberation. Leads us into liberation. And sometimes, you know, we can feel the squeeze. We can feel the, the pressure, the heat of the battle. But, but go to him. Go to him. We'll find freedom. We'll find strength. You won't find so often, you know, if you're like me, uh, you know, sometimes my first reaction when I'm feeling the squeeze or I'm feeling the pressure can be, can be one of, 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 of kind of self-control or, or self-pity. Yet the, the answer is to go to him. The answer is to go, is to be found in him. Not found in here, not found anywhere else, but the answer is to be found in him. So that's my first point. We live in a, in a battle. My second one is that coming to faith, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Notice how in verse 17 that despite seeing a flash of light yeah, and having a conversation with God, a two-way conversation with God, that he doesn't yet come to believe. You know, for many of us, that would be, you might think, well, that's enough. You know, if you've, if you've got a, uh, someone you're praying for uh, to, come to come to faith, I mean, you'd, you'd take that, wouldn't you? Think, oh, a flash of light and a conversation with the living God, yeah, that, that'll seal the deal. Well, well not, not here. And sometimes it takes a while. But it's a sovereign act of God. You know, we can, we can put on Alpha courses. We can, we can take steps ourselves to, to share our faith. But it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus, he's always the initiator. It's not, it might seem like we're initiating it. You know, even when we came to faith, it might seem like, well, I, I took this decision. I took this step. But actually, Jesus is the initiator. He initiated it. He still seeks sinners today. He always makes the first move, even among us in our in our friends and and those who friends and family and co-workers, those who maybe don't, don't know him. He's at, he's at work. He always makes the first move. We don't know among who who among he's, who, who among us he's working in. You know, we don't know who of our friends who don't know him yet he's working in. But he always makes the first move. He directed this encounter here in Damascus on the Damascus Road. It was it was completely Christ's initiation. He was directing it all. Isn't he? And he directs our encounters as well. So we can be confident when we, when we step out, when we share our faith, that he's with us. And it's not, for our, it's not just up to our clever or not so clever words, but it's a work of the supernatural living God. He initiated the incarnation, you know, Jesus coming to earth, God as man, living a perfect life that we couldn't live. Dying on the cross for you and me, paying for our mistakes. It's all God's initiation. It's all, it's all God's work, a wonderful supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. It's his saving grace by him and not us. It's, it's his plan, his initiation, not, not ours. And, and this, this, the, the whole, my whole point here about it being a miracle, it, it, it also tells us that it takes the pressure off me. It's like, okay, I can share my faith, but hey, if, if I can sow seeds, but, but actually it's, it's now up to God. Yeah, it takes the pressure off me. I can do my part. I can pray for them. I can, I can share my faith. And, and, but actually, I need a work of the Holy Spirit to do it. I can put some kindling down, but I need the, the, the fire of the Holy Spirit so that to kind of start a fire, as it were. It tells me that. But it also tells me 
never to write anybody off. Yeah? I mean, look at Paul. He, he's a guy who'd gone around killing Christians. That's say, been the ringleader when Stephen was stoned. And yet here is God's wonderful saving grace reaching this man who was directly opposed to God and God's people. And yet he, he, he's not beyond the love of Christ. It teaches me not, never to write anybody off. No, even if I look around friends and family and co-workers who I may look at them and have, have tried and, uh, and prayed for and just think, oh, I just cannot see it. it. It tells me never to write anybody off. You know, we can do so, but, but the scripture is clear. No one is beyond the love of God, the grace of God. Paul writes in Ephesians, He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons. Before the beginning of the world, before, you know, my friends ever did anything. He, he chose them, right? And if so, so, of course, they're not beyond the saving grace of God. So it tells me that. Third point. It requires <coughs> humility. We see that Paul was blinded. He was brought to his knees. And, and being saved, it means, it means breaking our natural kind of independence, right? Naturally, we're all so self-sufficient and, and arrogant, aren't we? Yet it, it, it calls us to humility. It brings us to humility. Just like Paul was blinded and brought to his knees, so we're to be humble before God. God opposes the proud, grace the humble. And, uh, you know, we, we all might have Damascus roads, right? It meant to, where we just reach the end of ourselves and say, God, oh, I just realize, realize what I am. But I also realize, God, how you see me and what you've done for me. Living humbly before God. Are we living humbly before God or living for someone or something else? It's easy with culture around us would, you know, live for yourself or live for this and money, career, etc. But. We're to live before the Lord. This is life and death stuff. You know, with, with, for this early church, it's life and death here. Such was the, the way that the, the, the gospel had, had captured their hearts. It was life and death stuff. Hmm. It wasn't just a hobby, a part-time, a, uh, a club. It was life and death stuff for these early believers. It required humility and building their life upon the cross. Number four. It requires courage. Look at this man, Ananias, right? I mean, he took a big risk, didn't he? You know, here's this man, who'd, uh, Saul, who'd been killing Christians, persecuting Christians, stoning Christians. God speaks to this man, Ananias. And, of course, he says, Lord, are you sure? You know, this. I've heard a lot of stories about this guy. This is the last one I want to go and lay hands on and pray. It could be a trap. But he, he faithfully goes. He took a big risk. And uh, uh, because he feared God more than he feared man or Saul or the reprisals of man. He feared, hey, God, God's told me to do this, and I, I, I fear God more than I, than I fear uh, this man, Saul or Paul. And it's not a fear in terms of, oh, well, God, you know, fear God in terms of what's, what's God going to do to me if I don't follow him, you know, if I don't, if I don't uh, obey him or, or anything. You know, it's not kind of fear of God, oh, he's going to punish me or anything like that. It's a, it's the, this man, Ananias, it's the sovereign voice of God. God's spoken to me. He's, he's told me to go and do this, and who am I to disobey? Right? He wants to, he's, this man, Ananias, wants to follow the Lord faithfully, and so he does it, but it's, it requires courage. I wonder, I found this provoking for me. I think, wow, can, how do I, when I look at some of my friends and uh, colleagues and, and so on, am I, am I more afraid of them, or am I more afraid of, afraid of uh, obeying the Lord, because okay, I've not had a uh, you know 
a, a vision like Ananias where he's kind of woken me up in the night and say, hey, Steve, go and lay hands on, on so-and-so and pray for them. I've not had that, but he has told me to go and share my faith. Right? He's told all of us, the Great Commission, go, go, therefore, make disciples. He's told me to go, told all of us to go, go share our faith. And so though I haven't got a, a kind of a, a vision like Ananias of specifically go here and do this for my non-believing friends and, and family and co-work and so on, the Bible's clear. Share, share my faith, share, my, share what he's done to go make disciples. Yet am I more afraid of them or more afraid of obeying you? I find that provoking. So what's, what is our response? I love in this, uh, where is it? In, find it, verse about 20, something like that, I think. Uh, he had some food, he regained his strength. Um, where did it, where, oh, it happen? Where did he get baptized? It was somewhere up there, wasn't it? Brother Saul, anyway, I'm sure it happens quite early on. Uh, 18, thank you, Morris, where are we? Immediately, something fell from his eyes, you can see again, he got up and was baptized. There we go. I love that. He, he gets prayed, he has an encounter with God, He's blind for a few days. He prays, has someone lay hands on him and pray for him, gets saved, can see again, gets up, gets baptized. I love that. Just a bit like the previous uh, story, the account with the Ethiopian, isn't it? It's kind of, he, he believes, baptized. Believes, baptized. And uh, we can so, in, in the, we can make things so complicated sometimes, can't we as humans, right? And, and we, can, we can get believed and think, oh, well, I'm not quite ready to get baptized. Uh, but look, here, Paul just, and, and the Ethiopian, believe, baptized, believe, baptized, believe, baptized. It's, it's just the, the nature of the New Testament. And so I think that's a real provocation to us, those of us who've perhaps not been baptized or if you've got uh, folks in, in life group you know who perhaps haven't yet you know, made that decision to get baptized, uh, gently encourage you, gently encourage them from the scriptures, okay? There's real believe baptized here, a precious moment in the life of a uh, believer. Um, and we're doing monthly baptisms as, you know, just each month want to be baptizing folk here. Um, and then the second point is, along with that, so he, yeah, he, he gets baptized. And then before you know it, verse 20, he's preaching. He's preaching. He's sharing his faith. So, Again, this is, a, a, I think, a, a provocation to me. I think, okay, believe, baptized, and then he's off sharing his faith. It's not as though he's thinking, well, I don't, I don't really know it all yet. I haven't got, you know, as, if, as if any of us do. Uh, you know, he's thinking, no, I, I, okay, I've, I've come to faith, and I've got baptized. I'm taking this seriously. Now, now I want to tell other people about it. It's a, it's a provocation to me, too. He knows he's met Jesus, and for him, that's enough. And so... Same is true for us. Yes, we might not have all the, the tricky answers figured out and have it all figured, you know, everything squared off and all of that. None of us do. But he's believed, baptized, and now he's just telling people, hey, I've met Jesus. I've met Jesus. He's changed my life. Look at me. I used to be going around killing Christians. Now I'm, now I'm, now I am one. It should provoke me. Meeting Jesus has changed everything. It's all initiated by him. All initiated by Jesus. Same is true for you and me, that we are recipients of grace, freely given to you and to me. We're loved, accepted, given, adopted, free 
because of Jesus. And so, <coughs> excuse me, as we uh, uh, land this morning, I want to just ask us a few, just, just a few questions, just to uh, maybe we can think on as we, uh, as we go into the week from this passage. Who have you written off? Have you written off a, a friend, a family member, a colleague, yourself? Maybe you've even just you're so aware of, of sin in your life and mistakes you've made. Have you, who have you written off? We can, we've all, I think we've probably all done it, right? Written ourselves off or, or somebody else off. You've just looked at their life and thought they are so far away from God and, and maybe even heading in the wrong direction. And uh, who, who have we written off? This, this account tells me none of us are beyond the grace of God. None of us. God has not written you off. There is grace for them and there is grace for you today. Second question is, who is he calling us to? Maybe, as I said, not like a, a vision that Ananias had where, you know, but he, he, has, he has placed you where you are. He's placed each of us exactly where we are. Yeah, in that, in that job, in that home, in that school, in that neighborhood, um, fill in the blank. Yeah, he has placed you and I exactly where we are right now to bear fruit and to share the gospel. He'll do the rest. You know, he'll, he'll reveal himself. He'll open their heart. That's a, that's, as I said, that's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, that stuff. But, but he's placed you and I exactly where we are right now today to bear fruit and to share the gospel. So who, I want to say, who is he calling us to? You might be afraid. Yeah, I get that. I'm, a, I'm afraid. When I look at you sharing my faith, I'm afraid. But he goes with us. His Holy Spirit goes with us. Ananias was afraid, but God's Holy Spirit went with him. We might get rejected, mocked, but are you going to live in fear of that, in fear of, in fear of them, or in fear of, hey, I, I, I fear of the Lord? Verse 31, at the end of, uh, well, end of this bit I read, says, uh, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. So this is speaking of uh, now the the New Testament Christians, it says living, they were living in the fear of the Lord and they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in number. That's, my, that's how, I don't know about you, that's how I want to live my life, living in fear of the Lord, but encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Living in fear of the Lord, oh yeah, I do, I, I have, I'm on the, I've been given the great commission to go and to make disciples and to, to share my faith and to share, yes, I do know Jesus, but hey, I'm encouraged by the Holy Spirit. I'm encouraged that he's with me. I'm encouraged that I'm not on my own. I'm encouraged that I might get it wrong sometimes and I, I don't always have the right words or the, the right answers, but I'm encouraged by the Holy Spirit that he is with me. It might start, the start of it, you might think, oh, how do I even start this? It might start by just inviting people into your home, having people around the table, just, just talking and sharing and chatting together. It might look like, per, it might start like just persevering in prayer for that person, that, that friend, that neighbor, that relative. It might even just start with, with staying, saying what you did on a Sunday. You know, it's so, I mean, I don't know about you, when somebody asks me, uh, you know, that uh, not part of the church, somebody says, oh, what do you do at the weekend? It, it's so easy just to kind of talk about everything else I did over a weekend, but not, not church. And yet, but we're given the great commission. We're to go and to make disciples. Knowing Jesus should change everything about us. And his Holy Spirit is with us. As we go, his Holy Spirit goes with us. Shall we pray?
Johnny, do you, do you want to come back? Sorry, Sarah, come back up. We'll pray. <clears throat> I want to just allow the Holy Spirit just to uh, just speak to us this morning. He's been really with us in a, in a unique way, but it's such a, a well-known uh, account, this, but uh, there's real provocation here and real uh, challenge to us. And uh, I just want to, I don't know about you, I, f- I can look at it and think, wow, I'm not as bold as Ananias or, or, or Paul after he got saved. And, uh, but I, I, want, I, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want to be as, as bold as that when it comes to sharing my faith. I want to, to, to be as faithful as Ananias and just, okay, I feel, I feel God prompts me to go and speak to this person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I want to be as bold as him, as faithful as him. I don't want to be in fear of... Uh, looking silly or uh, or being rejected, and so I want to pray that that last verse, just that that we would live in fear of the Lord, but be encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for your words. Lord, we thank you that no one is beyond the saving grace, beyond your saving grace, Lord that you've rescued us, Lord, despite knowing the worst about us, all that we've done, you've saved and rescued us because of the, the, the cross, that no one is beyond, beyond grace, beyond your reach, beyond your mercy. I pray you just break our hearts for those in our, in our kind of spheres, those we, we cross paths with, whether it's family, friends, neighbors, colleagues. I pray just break our hearts afresh, maybe where we've grown cynical and weary and we thought, oh, I just I can't see any change here. I can't see them coming to know you. I pray just, just break our hearts for them again, Lord. Remind us that no one is beyond your saving grace, beyond the reach of your, your grace and your mercy. Help us to be as, as bold as this man Ananias, Lord, as, as when we feel prompted, when we have an opportunity. Help us to be as bold as he was, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit goes with us. Lord, we pray for more of, more of your Holy Spirit, Lord, to provoke us where we need provoking, to strengthen us, to help us, to embolden us where we need that, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful message of your gospel, Lord. But it's, it's not just for us, Lord. It's wonderful. It's life-changing. But it's not just for us. We just pray, Holy Spirit, more of you. Provoke us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. We ask it in your name. Amen. Shall we stand and worship?